Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Set my soul on fire. 
Hey, Lucas. Hey, Don. Hey, I've been thinking about confession, how it's such an important part of our faith. And I'm curious, um, can you remember the last time you had to say you're sorry? Uh, yes. Pretty, pretty recently, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens a lot, especially in relationships um, and with people that we care about and love. Yeah, I've been um, thinking about it a lot at home because, you know, Lincoln's two and a half and uh, we talk about like timeout and to come out of timeout, he has to say he's sorry. And recently I've been thinking like, oh, I should probably say I'm sorry to Lincoln too. You know, like it's not a one way street. And um, yeah, I've just been thinking more consciously of of when it could be really helpful um, to just say I'm sorry, you know? Yeah, and it's this, I think opportunity to, um, I once heard like confession, it doesn't change the past, but it sets us up to change the future and to to change our present mindset. And, um, there's so many things that I think we all wish we could have done in the moment. Hindsight's always 2020, but when we genuinely confess and realize that what we did was wrong, um, we set ourselves up to be transformed by God who meets us as we confess. So, so saying sorry is good. Maybe we can all learn a lesson from Lincoln. (laughs) Let's go to a time of confession. Sounds good. Let us pray. Jesus, you cried from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We confess that as we did then, we still do now. We hate, we glorify violence. We act out of fear and believe that our opinion is automatically right. Forgive us, God, for our ignorance. Forgive us, God, for our lack of humility. And forgive us, God, for when we choose to hurt rather than to heal. Let us now confess silently.
Even from the cross, Christ cried out, Father, forgive them. Amidst the deepest and most grueling of pain, Christ chose to forgive. This is forgiveness that we do not deserve. This is grace that comes from a God who loves us exactly how we are. It is a God who walks with us. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now for Holy Interruption. Hey, downtown church, this is Gardner Strayhorn, and I am... Churro, come here! That's my dog. Come here, boy! I am checking in this morning from Brevard, North Carolina, where I live with my six-year-old son, Brooks. And we have loved getting to know downtown church over the last few months through the podcasts and the videos and the amazing music and are huge fans of the newest pastor, Lucas, um, who is also my fiance. Um, We've been able to spend a few weekends in Columbia and have met some of you guys, but are just really looking forward to to the chance to gather in person and worship together. Um, Brooks is super excited about downtown kids and meeting some other kiddos and families and just getting to know you all in Columbia more. Hope that everyone is staying healthy and safe and Um, We really are excited and looking forward to meeting you guys. We're at the point in our sermon series that we've just got one more to go. We pick up reading in the gospel according to Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 39. We've come to the point of Jesus' death. And before I begin reading, I want you to just think about this question. Where is the good news? When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, listen, he is calling out for Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come and take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now there, the centurion who stood facing him, when he saw that in this way Jesus breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was God's son. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. title of today's sermon is Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda. You know that moment when your car door is closing and you realize as it shuts that your keys are locked inside and it's too late to do anything about it. And you, you start to immediately beat yourself up, you know, I, ah, I coulda, put this in my hand down so that I had another hand to catch the door before it was too late, or 
I would have put my keys in my pocket if I wasn't so preoccupied thinking about so-and-so, or I just, I should have known better. And you do that thing where you think through how your day would be so much better if you didn't lock your keys in your car. You know what I'm talking about? That's what's happening with the centurion. The centurion is a Roman guard in charge of carrying out the execution of criminals. It's his job to make sure Jesus stops breathing. And we find him here just after Jesus dies, saying the very thing that he shouldn't say. Truly, this man is the son of God. I mean, it's it's like an accident, watching an accident happen in slow motion. He can't do anything now to change what has taken place. And he had the ability to alter the course of what just happened. He could have brought Jesus down from the cross at any time. At any time before this very moment, he could have kept Jesus from dying. But now, now that it's final, now that Jesus has died, the truth comes up out of his mouth. Truly, this man is the son of God. Those words carry weight. They're not just some offhand comment that he makes. Saying saying that Jesus is the son of God means that he acknowledges Jesus is the one coming to save the world. The Gospel of Mark makes Jesus' identity clear from the beginning. You might remember the first sermon in our sermon series. Chapter 1, verse 1, was all about this one verse. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the long-awaited Messiah. He has come to overcome the forces of evil and proclaim the reign of God. John the Baptist is first to name him Son of God. And this centurion, this centurion is the last human to name him the Son of God. It is odd that the centurion is the one who would name Jesus the Son of God. The centurion's a Gentile. He's not a Jew. So those words that Jesus says from Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those words didn't make as much sense to the centurion as they would to a Jewish bystander. And we got to remember that Jesus is introduced to the centurion as a criminal. He's already been labeled, put in a box, seen as a threat to the Roman Empire, to all that the centurion has been sworn to protect. And still, the centurion is the one to say these words, truly, this man was the son of God. I can imagine what those next moments were like for the centurion. He had to be beating himself up. I should have realized this just a few hours earlier. I could have saved Jesus' life and everything would be different. I would have saved Jesus' life, but now it's too late. I'm too late. We have no clue exactly what's going on with Centurion, but we can relate to his story. We can all relate to this moment when we realize something big, something true about ourselves, but it seems too late for it to matter. Like you wake up one day and 
you know that the job you've been working for 10, 20 years is not the job you want to be doing. It's not life-giving. It's not the best use of your skills. And it's a moment of clarity. But you don't really know what to do with it. You sit and wonder how your life could be different if you had this realization 10 years ago. If you could go back and change your education and your experience and your skill set, and you find yourself wishing for your time back, perhaps wishing that you could be somebody else. Or here's one, when, when you get that moment of clarity, the moment after you press send on the text, and you can't get the words back that you just sent out there, And they're harsh words. You don't think any words of forgiveness will ever matter. You just wish, you wish that the moment of clarity had come to you just, you know, five seconds sooner. Five seconds to save you from your mistake before the words went out into the universe, never coming back. Or maybe it happens to you after you've lost someone. A relationship ends and you realize too late what it meant to you, what they meant to you. you. You can't go back and change what was, but now you have this clarity and you wish you could have done it differently. Y'all, when these realizations come, it can be really hard to sit in them, especially when they've come late, later than you would want. I wonder if sometimes we don't let ourselves have moments of realization of truth where we allow ourselves to admit what we really want or what we need because we're, we don't know where that's going to lead us. We don't know what that realization is going to lead us to change. And it just seems like less pain for us to keep our heads down, keep in the grind, instead of reflecting on what has become clear to us now. Certainly it would have been better for the centurion not to say those words out loud, Those words of faith coming out of his mouth present all kinds of challenges for him. But I'm pretty sure he had to say it. That realization was so real, so raw for him that he had to say it out loud. He had to acknowledge it. We are the centurion. I mean, our job is not the same as his, but we are the centurion in that We can't always control when moments of clarity come. And sometimes it comes too late. And we can't go back and do anything differently. But the good news, y'all, the good news is that we don't have to go back and change what has happened. Look at this. Jesus isn't depending on the centurion to know who he is. Jesus doesn't wait for that confirmation before he dies. Jesus' identity doesn't rest on the centurion's profession of faith. Jesus is the son of God regardless of the centurion's affirmation of that fact. Jesus doesn't need the centurion to come to that realization any sooner to save him, nor does Jesus need the bystanders to bring him wine and try to get him to hold on to life a little longer. Jesus' story is so much bigger than all of that. What Jesus wants is for us to have the moment of clarity. Whenever it comes to us, Jesus wants us to have that moment of clarity. For the centurion, it's important 
that he knows who Jesus is, not because it would alter the story of what happened to Jesus, but because it has the potential to alter the story of the centurion. They can't change the fact that Jesus died. Jesus is dead at this point in the story. But the centurion can live his life in response to what he knows to be true. He can let that realization affect him and his choices moving on from where he is now. And that realization, it's always good news. It's never too late to affect change in front of us. This is why Jesus' death is good news. Jesus didn't die so that we would have it all together all the time. He never expects for us to have moments of clarity at the perfect time that keep us from locking our keys in the car or sending a text, making a mistake. Jesus died so that we would be changed at any point in our lives. We can change our trajectory. We can pull closer to Jesus We can keep on the same path or we can make a different choice. The good news is that Jesus is going to love and forgive us no matter what. Y'all, that's some good news. Amen. today if you saw the face of God in love would you change would you change if you knew that love can break your heart if you're down so low you cannot fall would you change would you change How bad, how good does it need to get? How many losses, how much regret? What chain reaction, what cause and effect? Let's you turn around. Let's you try to explain. Forgive and forget Makes you change, change, change If you knew that you would be alone Knowing what and being one would change If you knew that you would find a truth Brings a pain that can be soothed Would you change? Would you change? How bad, how good does it need to get? 
many losses, how much regret The chain reaction, what cause and effect Makes you turn around Makes you try to explain Makes you forgive and forget Having heard the word proclaimed and having heard a beautiful song, let us now go to God together in prayer. Almighty God, in Christ you taught us to pray. Hear now our prayers for the church universal, for downtown church, its mission and ministry, for the healing of the earth for peace and justice in the world, for this nation and our leaders, for our local community here in Colombia, for the poor and the oppressed, for the bereaved and the lonely. God, for all who need healing. Guide us, O God, by your Holy Spirit that all of our prayers and all of our lives may serve your will and show your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hey, Don. Hey, Lucas. That was a beautiful word you preached this morning. And just, man, that feeling of 
losing your keys, that's real. That's <laughs> Has real. that happened to you before? It happens to me a lot. Um, yeah, it's happened to me many times. Thanks, thanks to AAA for helping me out in those situations. Um, but now we're going to come to a time of affirmation of faith. And last week we used the Confession of 1967. Um, and normally we use the Apostles' Creed, but today we are going to use um, an adaptation from the Confession of Belhar. And you know a little bit about the Confession of Belhar, right? Yeah, it's been a while since I studied it in school. You, you've been closer out. Tell us about it. So, so Belhar came um, in the midst of apartheid in South Africa in the 90s uh, when a group of Dutch Reformed uh, faith leaders um, stood up against apartheid and stood up against the churches in South Africa that were proponents and believed that Christ um, ordained segregation. And so um, the theme in this confession is unity. And, and that's what I'm thinking about a lot nowadays is how um, we might vote differently, we might think differently, but we must find unity in Christ. Um, so now, hear now these words um, from the Confession of Belhar. We believe that Christ's work of reconciliation is made manifest in the church as the community of believers who have been reconciled with God and with one another. We believe that unity is, therefore, both a gift and an obligation for the church of Jesus Christ, that through the working of God's Spirit, it is a binding force, yet simultaneously a reality which must earnestly be pursued and sought, one which the people of God must continually be built upon to attain. We believe that this unity must become visible so that the world may believe that separation, enmity, and hatred between people and groups is sin which Christ has already conquered. We believe that this unity of the people of God must be manifested and be active in a variety of ways, and that we love one another, that we experience, practice, and pursue community with one another that we are obligated to give ourselves willingly and joyfully to be of the benefit and blessing to one another. Amen. Amen. And now for the benediction. It's never too late to alter the course of your life. It's never too late to follow Jesus. So as you go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. A special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Musical composition and vocals brought to you by Sean Thompson and Perry Harris. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. Set My Soul on Fire by The War and Treaty. Gloria Patri by City Hymns. And Change by Tracy Chapman. Scriptures quoted from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Theological musings and prayer brought to you by Lucas Jones and Don Hyde.